0: Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your host for this evening. We're going to be talking about a subject that uh, is scary to every beekeeper, mostly because it's a lot of what happens with this subject is out of the beekeeper's control and in the hands of the people who live around the beekeeper. So uh, we'll be uh, talking today about pesticides, and poisoning of bees, and uh, we'll be reading through uh, the provinces' information that they have about poisoning and about what we can do to uh, protect ourselves as beekeepers. However, um, I'm hoping that at the end of this, if it doesn't take too long, um, we'll be able to chat realistically about, you know, what we can do as beekeepers. So... (laughs) Again, this comes from the alberta.ca website, and it is the official uh, party line on bee poisoning pesticides and that such. Farmers in Alberta use a number of pesticides which, if used improperly or under the wrong conditions, can cause bee losses. This publication provides information enabling uh, commercial applicator, farmer, and beekeeper to make sound decisions on the safe use of pesticides where bees are at risk. And just stepping away from the content, in all honesty, Alberta gives a flying crap about beekeepers. um, And the only reason they're putting this stuff out is because they want to limit their liability. (laughs) Plain and simple. Um, I've been involved in several uh, disputes where um, I had to complain about certain people utilizing pesticides without uh, explaining stuff, and that includes uh, county and provincial people. And what I got told is, well, I guess you should have um, looked at a website well i guess you should have uh, been more aware of your environment well i guess it's all your fault type of thing so honestly when it comes down to it even though they put this on their website and even though their official thing is that you know we all work together and come to us as the last arbiter of uh, of what's going on when you go to the province they have one thing to say to you Go pound sand. So, (laughs) being as that may, let's read some more of their uh, party line here. Uh, Causes of bee poisoning. Most bee poisoning occurs when insecticides are applied directly to crops or weeds in bloom. Other hazards are drift of insecticide into blooming crops or weeds adjoining tolerated or treated fields. Insecticidal dust being gathered with pollen and taken back to the hive by foraging bees. This is especially hazardous when uh, with open blooming flowers such as dandelions, narrow leaved hawks, beard, etc. Um, bees drinking or contacting water on foliage or flowers which contains pesticides. And another way that a bee can be poisoned is also through um, the genetically modified or the uh, encapsulated seeds that have poisons around the seeds and then are sucked up into the plants and the bees eat that nectar that comes from those plants and it contains these insecticides and uh, pesticides. That's not in their official line. (laughs) I think that's kind of funny. Um, Bee poisoning indicators, larger than normal numbers of dead bees in front of the hives, a sudden increase in the aggressiveness of bees, regurgitation of the nectar from the bees' honey stomach, often caused by organophosphorus insecticides, organophosphorus insecticides. Yeah, big word. Confusion and fighting at the beehive entrances, slow-moving or immobile bees which die in two to three days, dead brood on the comb, the front of the hive, queen death or replacement of queens in cases where the hive is severely disrupted by pesticides. You will also get, which is not here, uh, and I'm going to swear here, very sorry, but a fuckload of bees at the front of your hive. And they usually have their bee their bee tongues sticking out, and they're dead as hell. And it makes you so freaking mad because you've put so much energy into those freaking beehives. You've put so much food into those beehives in the form of uh, sugar nectar. You have uh, medicated those bees. You have taken care of those bees. You have um, done everything you can to keep those damn bees alive, and then you find the entire freaking colony. On the doorstep of its own hive, all dead. It's maddening. Anyways, um, the other thing is, hive. Uh, um, um, when 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 everybody in the hive just never comes back. Um, I, I forget what they call that. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, the only people are the only bees in the hive are usually queen and several bees that have hatched from the comb that didn't freeze because there's no bees on the comb to warm it up so that the bees survive. So, yeah, that's usually what you, uh, what, uh, absconding, there we go, that's the word. Um, That's what you usually find. uh, Poor little queen trying to hold it together, and she can't because she, you know, she doesn't feed herself, she doesn't uh, clean the colony, she doesn't do anything except lay eggs, and here she is, almost the last bee in the freaking hive, and she's frantic. So that's what you find. Beekeeper-grower cooperation. And this is a very important thing. (laughs) I cannot stress this enough. Bee poisonings usually result from a lack of farmer-beekeeper cooperation. Many cases occur because farmers are not aware of the hazards of insecticides to bees bullshit. The timing or application uh, or selection of insecticide used in insect control programs uh, can usually be charged or changed. Can usually be changed to reduce bee poisonings without increase or cost or inconvenience to the farmer. Beekeepers should be in close contact with the farmer on whose land they have hives. They should also become familiar with the local pest problems and control practices so that bees can be protected when spraying is necessary. To that I would add not only The farmer which you are placing your hives on, but literally within five kilometers, every freaking farmer that has a piece of land within five kilometers. You need to go and visit them, hand them a jar of honey and say, hey, we're over this way. Here's my number. Give them your card and uh, say, please call me when it's time for you to start um, spraying insecticide or pesticide onto your crops. Um, and, and just give them a little rundown on, on your business, what you do and let them know that this affects you. You can end up having a total loss and, uh, you know, you have a lot of money riding on this and that you understand that they have a lot of money riding on the fact that they need to get this stuff down at a certain times, but a courtesy call would be wonderful. Thank you. Um, In some circumstances, the only solution to avoiding bee poisoning is to move the bees. Although difficult, such an action can be taken only if the beekeeper knows where and when the spraying will occur. Most bee poisonings occur as a result of poor communication. The technology to prevent bee kills exists, but cooperation between farmer and beekeeper is is necessary to prevent damage from pesticides. Okay, let's pause here. Um, There are a lot of things that you can do in order to keep your bees in the hive. Um, One of them would be to drape a tarp over top of your beehives. However, I want you to know that if you do this in the middle of summer, you will kill off your bees because they don't get enough uh, um, oxygen and air to their hives and and essentially you're just killing them yourself. Um, You can go and get nets and these nets are the kind of nets that uh, Um, bee transporters usually use they go on the back of uh, um, the semi trucks under which the uh, beehives are transported Um, and they are a pretty penny but if you have them you can drape them over several hives that you need to keep within the hive and what that does is it allows the air to get in but it doesn't cause um, issues as far as um, not allowing air in there and causing it to heat up and kill your bees Uh, other things you can do is yes you can move them but make sure that you move them in the right direction so that you're not moving them through the pesticide uh, treatment Um, you'll just kill them Um, you want to move them away from the pesticide treatment and you need to move them more than five kilometers away okay so When a farmer and beekeeper agree on an arrangement for placement of bees, verbal or written, it should be clearly understood that what procedures shall be followed in the event spraying becomes necessary. Arrangements may be necessary between the beekeeper and several farmers if bees are expected to forage in neighboring fields. Um, You have to do it anyways, regardless of whether you expect them to forage in neighboring fields. So... Uh, this this was under the title Beekeeper Grower Cooperation, but I think I need to add in here Beekeeper um, Government Cooperation, and uh, the reason and I'm putting this in here because uh, yeah, <laughs> I've had some dealings with government officials. Part of the uh, um, making you sad government um, area. Um, the uh, government area that makes you sad is um, you know, totally and completely not at fault for anything, and no, they won't pay for your bees that they killed because they didn't bother to notify you, and they did know that you were there. You cannot um, expect... Um, a politician, or the unelected minions who work underneath that politician, sorry for the interruption there. I had a uh, fellow beekeeper and and super awesome guy return my bee back, all cleaned up and pretty after our last little foray into the unknown, anyways, um, the department of making you sad. <laughs> Um, Yeah, these guys, you know, they have their own jobs that they want to be doing. They don't want to really have to consider more stuff than they absolutely have to. And so they have their regular times that they uh, decide that they need to do pest control and that they need to do um, invasive species control such as like dandelions and milkweed and things like that. And uh, so they will, at the times that they want to do it, that fits their schedule, that fits their budget, they will assign their workers to do it. And their workers do not necessarily immediately go out and accomplish the thing which they have been told to do. They sometimes let it on the back burner a little bit until they get done their stuff, and then they go out and then they do it. And a lot of these workers are uh, very high-paid, first-jobs-ever, period, snowflakes. Um, <laughs> the the young ladies in our county that I saw out um, spraying, and, and so this should kind of prime you and let you understand um, the lack of, um, what should I say, (laughs) the lack of education on pesticides. Um, These young ladies, there's two of them, and they were in a side-by-side, and they're rip-roaring down the middle of the highway, and they were knocking out all of the uh, noxious weeds that the county did not want. Uh, neither of these young ladies had gloves on, neither of these young ladies had um, chemical protective clothing on, n- Neither did they have respirators they were They had a tank of poison in the back of their side by side and they were ripping down the middle of the road. One of them was just spraying out the side, and they were talking and having a good old time and One of them even had a halter top on. (laughs) And uh, they were just spraying and having a good old time. And uh, so just the fact that they're not even conscious of the PPE requirements that they have to put on, they're not gonna be thinking about your bees. And so if they whip past an area that has your bees on the side of the highway, and they're whipping down the middle, they're not going to say, oh, maybe we should let the beekeeper know, right? This would be a good reason for you to have every place that you have your bees out on the fence, a sign that says to notify this beekeeper of any spraying or any problems, please contact blah, blah, blah. Because If they were conscious about that, then they would stop their spraying, they would get out, they would give you a call, they would go five kilometers down the road and start their spraying again. And just kind of mark that place as some place they're going to get when when you discuss and agree that that you're going to come and do that. Um, Also, uh, the Department of Making You Sad is in charge of getting rid of things like mosquitoes. And they will literally go drive right into your town without mentioning anything to anyone. Um, Or if they do, it'll be on their website, on a calendar that's in the back of their website that it's extremely hard to get to or find. And they will mention it two days before they do it. (laughs) So, you know, um, it would be a good idea to have somebody whose job it is to continually uh, creep on the county and see what they're up to, and then to broadcast what the county's doing. And it would be good if that certain busybody would have uh, prior uh, information from you stating that you would really appreciate it or you'd actually pay them to let you know when. Um, spraying is going to be happening, when fogging is going to be happening for insects, such as mosquitoes, when uh, insecticide or, uh, excuse me, pesticide is being sprayed, um, when they're having zoning meetings, when they're having all these things that do affect you as a beekeeper. So (laughs) that would be good. And uh, the more that you can become involved in the department of making you sad with positive regard so walking in literally to the office of the department of making you sad and the very attractive young lady who's at the front desk saying hi my name is so and so this is my card and then you hand her a stack of 10 or 15 cards and you say Please distribute this to the appropriate people, such as the uh, person in charge of spraying, uh, such as the person in charge of um, dog catching, because that's the person that's going to call you when they have swarm notifications, um, and other things. And then you're also going to put on the, the table as well a pamphlet that folds into three and you're going to have five or six of these pamphlets and this pamphlet's going to go through and describe bees and and your operation how much you love the bees and you're trying to bring them back from the edge of uh, extinction and how you'd really appreciate the help of the county in rescuing the bees, like giving you notifications for bees being rescued, for um, not spraying um, unless they let you know, and that um, they make these notifications so that you can work it into your work schedule and you bring 15 or 20 500 mil jars of honey and with your with your name and with your phone number on it and your company name and you give them out as um, swag and you say please distribute this to the office please let them know that i really want them to let me know when they're spraying, to let me know when you get a call for bees. I really appreciate it, guys. You guys are helping me out so much. And um, just so that you know, I will be coming in on every bee call that I receive from you. I will be coming in and giving some more swag. So please give me a call. That's how you handle the department of making you sad. And you also go to them several times and say, hi, just a reminder, I'm still looking for bees. Um, I've had several swarms that I've done. Notify them when you have bee swarms in your area and uh, say, oh, by the way, I did rescue some bees from this area just to let you know. Oh, by the way, I just rescued some bees. And so that they understand that you're doing stuff, that you haven't forgotten them, and that uh, swag is waiting for them to give you a call. <laughs> okay, and and unfortunately, this is just the way things have to happen. These um, p- uh, minions who run the department of making you sad and who um, slave underneath the uh, head of the department of making you sad, um, they need this uh, positive reinforcement. In order to get the pump rolling and to get them noticing that it's good for them to remember you okay oh gotta get off that kick <laughs> you can tell that it hasn't happened recently right <laughs> reduction of bee poisoning what the pesticides what the pesticide applicator can do Do not apply insecticides that are toxic to bees when the crops are in bloom, including crops uh, that contain weeds in bloom. Historically, applications of insecticides to crops containing blooming weeds have caused the greatest kills in Alberta. Spray planes should not turn over fields containing blooming crops or weeds. Ground application is generally less hazardous than aerial application because there is less drift and smaller acreages are treated at one time. Apply insecticides in the late evening or early morning while bees are not foraging, generally between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. Evening applications are less hazardous to bees than early morning applications. Warm days and nights can extend the foraging period. Therefore, applications may be necessary later in the evening or earlier in the morning Under unusually warm conditions. Do not apply insecticides when cool temperatures are expected after treatment. Residues will remain toxic to bees for a much longer time under cooler conditions. Use insecticides that are least, are Least toxic to bees, uh, choose least hazardous insecticide formulation. Emulsify formulations normally have a shorter residual toxicity to bees than wettable powders and and flowables, which in addition to having residual (laughs) characteristics can be more easily picked up from the flowering plant while bees are gathering pollen. Contact the beekeeper and inform him or her of your pesticide application plans so he or she can confine or move colonies before pesticides are applied and losses incurred. When roadside and other weed control programs involve 2,4-D applications to blooming plants, select the least toxic formulation. Research from the United States shows that high dosages of amines are toxic more toxic than other forms oily formations seem to be more hazardous to bees spring late in the day also reduces the hazard since bees will not visit the blossoms after they begin to wilt they won't visit them after nectar stops flowing Um, use mechanical or cultural weed control when possible where grasshoppers are a problem in a bee sensitive area use baits baits do not pose a hazard to bees when insect pests are perennial, use preventative program of early season control where possible. Such program is usually less dangerous to pollinating bees as well as other beneficial insects. Control weeds, which bloom during the period when insect control is essential. Learn about the beekeeper problems with pesticides, poisoning, and negative or Negotiate terms which will satisfy the needs of both parties. What the beekeeper can do. Establish a local beekeeper farmer application communication network prior to spray season. Do not leave unmarked colonies of bees next to fields which may be sprayed with pesticides. Post your name, address, phone number in large letters in each apiary so you can be contacted before pesticides are applied. Regulations under the Bee Act make this compulsory in Alberta. Move bees back into treated areas according to guidelines provided later in this article. Um, Choose apiary sites away from intensively sprayed areas. Establish holding yards for bees in safe areas so that hives can be moved there and fed if necessary during periods when apiaries are at risk. So that means you need to have, it would be good for you to have a home apiary in order to move your bees, all of your bees into one area if you need to. And for beekeepers that are hobbyists, maybe having a farmer friend who is not cultivating a certain period. Portion of land, letting it go fallow for the year, that's a good place to put them as well. Be careful when controlling insect pets around beekeeping facilities or apiaries. Vapuna, pet no pest strips, and chloridane should be, not be used anywhere around bees or beekeeping facilities. If spraying is necessary and the bees are at risk, move the bees out of the treatment area. In some cases, when furri. Furudan is used in high rates. There appears to be no safe option, but remove the bees prior to treatment. All right. Dealing with an ins- pesticide poisoning. If a pesticide application results in bee kill, follow this procedure. Contact the applicator and farmer immediately to determine less toxic pesticide can be applied. Yeah, that's going to help. <laughs> Contact your local rural advisory specialist or agricultural fieldman in the apicultural office in Fowler, Alberta, for assistance in terminating further damage and evaluating losses. (laughs) So essentially, if the beehive hasn't been killed off totally, they want you to kill it off totally so that it doesn't spread to other hives not the most popular thing to do. Uh, Collect several samples of dead bees in front of the hive as soon as noticed. Sample of bees is required, are uh, a 0.5 pound sample of bees is required for analysis. The bees should be collected in a paper bag and placed in an ordinary home freezer to prevent any breakdown of residues. The samples should be collected by or in the presence of a third party to ensure sampling is not suspect. Okay, do you see where this is going? They are going to submit it to the department of making you sad. And then they're also casting suspicion on you because you might have something to, some axe to grind against some other farmer. Mark the affected hive so action can be taken to reduce future losses if significant residue is a problem found in pollen, honey, wax. So essentially, the Department of Making You Sad will come in and make you extremely sad by deciding that this hive, that hive, and this hive, and that hive were all close to the pesticide area, and even though it's not killing the bees right now, they all have to go. And so they put a plastic bag over your hive, spray some, um, spray some uh, um, gasoline on it, light her up, and walk away. Thank you, Department of Making You Sad. Mark the effective h- or affected hives, oh, we did that one already, and record the date and actions taken, pesticides used, weather conditions during and after the suspected pesticide application occurred. Data on toxicity of pesticides to bees has not been developed under Canadian conditions. <laughs> The hazard from pesticide is known to vary with dosage weather conditions during and after application. Normally in cooler weather, the residue residue lasts longer following the information based on the work from Northwest USA and is only a guideline for assessing the hazard of various pesticides to bees. So there you go and just so that you know if you do report a poisoning to your department of making you sad they will do a lot of things Uh, first thing they will do is they will check to see that you are a licensed beekeeper Uh, next thing they will do is they will check to see if you have ever been inspected um, and if you haven't been inspected gee this would be a good time for them to introduce themselves to you and make you a little more sad even though you are sad because they are burning your um your beehives while they're there they might as well do an inspection and uh the department of making you sad will mo- make a note put this down and more than likely they won't be able to find the person who has um sprayed um Although they do have records of people who have purchased the spray, um, they will do some back room um, clairvoyance and decide who is responsible. They'll go and slap that person on the hand and say, please talk to your beekeepers that are in your area when they are doing stuff. Honestly, no good will come of this. And talking to the Department of Making You Sad, I, I have yet to... Um, come out with a happy outcome with the Department of Making You Sad. Essentially, no news is good news with them. Um, If they're ignorant as to all the bee poisonings that are happening, they are happier, honestly. And um, I had a a time where I had a neighbor, um, as a hobby beekeeper, I had three neighbors who who were putting on poison on their... Um, plants totally was unnecessary but they wanted gorgeous um, yards and beautiful things and no pests and that kind of stuff and so they were very happy at spraying everything that they had and it would kill off my bees and literally I lost over over the years I probably lost about 10, 15 colonies. And I'm telling you, I did not contact the Department of Making You Sad over any of that. What I just said is I've learned my lesson. I will do this in the future. And then I went and did that. usually involves never growing bees in your own neighborhood for the time period that that those people are in your neighborhood. Um, Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And with uh, farmers, you know... A lot of them do things as uh, weather conditions happen. A lot of them aren't thinking about you and and the the needs that you might have as a beekeeper. And the only way that you are going to get any... um, Anybody to pay for the bees that you have lost is if you have over 100 bees and you have insurance on them or 100 colonies and have insurance on them or if you have an airtight contract with the farmer who did the spraying and uh, then they will sometimes replace some of the colonies by giving you a little bit of cash on the side. So what's the uh, point that I, I need you guys to take from this? There's a whole lot that you have to do as a beekeeper. And there's hardly anything that the Department of Making You Sad uh, wants to do to keep you safe as a beekeeper and to keep your bees safe as a beekeeper. Um, And there's even less that the farmers want to do to do that as well. Um, Opinions have been changing a little bit as... People have been saying, you know, we're going to lose our bees, and when we lose our bees, we'll lose our crops, and when we lose our crops, we'll lose our food, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, all the responsibility is on you as the beekeeper, and you have to do the legwork, you have to do the homework, you have to handle the swag. Um, By the way, the swag is something that you can write off on your taxes, Um, however... um, you know, it's it's your time, your energy, your money, your honey that is going to go down the tube of this um, forever, <laughs> forever bit of sadness that happens. But it is up to you, and you'll be a happier beekeeper if you go and do some of these things. Hopefully this hasn't been too boring, and hopefully I haven't offended too many people with my... Um, Soldiers uh, language, but uh, that's just the way it goes (laughs) This is one of those things that really ticks me off (laughs) Gets me going so um, I wish you guys well Let me know if there's anything you guys want me to cover again This is from the beekeeper production technician course Uh, You won't be receiving any certificates at the end of this you won't be a certified beekeeping technician But this is for your information and for your enjoyment Um, If you would like to get a hold of me, you can reach me at uh, FatBeeHoneyRanch at gmail.com and we also have the ability to chat real-time through um, a Discord, Uh, just give me an email and we can set that up. Um, Also, um, we will be uh, continuing this uh, beekeeping course, it's got a lot that we can cover. Um, usually this beekeeping course lasts uh, between one semester and two semesters, um, so um, <laughs> we have a lot of stuff that we can do if we're only meeting uh, one time per uh, day. So um, yeah, drop me a line and let me know. Also on your platforms that you're listening to, if you think I deserve it, please give me a five star or thumbs up. And uh, Also, um, recommend your your friend beekeepers to my podcast. It helps get the word out when the analytics don't. (laughs) And I wish you guys well. Have a great night.